Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Drag Set Pass, the short form podcast that helps you learn more about your favorite development topics. This is your host, Christian Medina. In today's episode, we discuss an article written by Itamar Turner Traring on decoupling database migrations from server startup. Why and how? As a developer, you're going to want to know about handling this type of situation, whether you're working on a database backend yourself, simply interacting with them at some point in your code, or whether you're part of a team that produces a service that depends on data. It's not specific to SQL or NoSQL, although we do talk about the tools that perform migrations for you, which are mostly written for SQL databases. But it's a good guide to the mindset that you need in order to properly maintain evolving data storage structures over time. Let's get to it. We already talked about object relational mappers back in episode one. They provide a good way of helping you build software faster. One of the advantages mentioned back then was their ability to integrate with other tools to help you perform database migrations. As data models change over time and evolve with your application, there's plenty of these tools that help keep track of your database schemas, automatically generating scripts that will upgrade or downgrade that schema with the data model in your code. It's common for developers to run those migrations at the start of your application before the actual application code runs itself. And the goal is to make sure that you're running on the latest schema before getting into the app so that you can simplify the code inside the app itself, always assuming a common database uh, backend. Now, our author goes over two common problems with this approach. Given the modern-day production deployments and their use of horizontal scaling to meet demands of your users, you get into race conditions if all of your uh, parallel tasks are trying to perform a schema upgrade by themselves. Docker is commonly used for this type of parallelism, but there's other things in place as well. And one of the main use cases is to perform an upgrade by restarting all your containers or processes at the same time, or maybe in a sequence. But that now creates a race condition as all of these containers across different servers start to realize that they all need to perform a database migration on their own. I've been there myself with a lot of apps that I've, I've developed. Um, again, it doesn't have to be containers. It could just be separate processes that are kept in the back end with some form of supervisor process that makes sure that they're running. But if part of the startup is to perform your migration, you can get into situations that lead to failed bring-ups or even data corruption as each process tries to do the upgrade. Recovering from these situations gets really complicated. In fact, sometimes it's even hard to realize you got into this type of situation unless you have the proper debug in place. 
if you're not paying attention to what's going on, you might wind up with a halfway transition database and some data corruption along with it. Now, of course, as always, in any database application, you should have uh, backups readily available in order to prevent any any data loss. But you don't want to rely on that as a way to recover from a failed upgrade. Another problem that Itamar brings up is the mental coupling of your application code with your database code can lead to downtime. because. As a developer, you start assuming that the new code will only ever run with this new schema. But the truth is, in order for you to produce zero downtime type deployments, you want to serialize this and you'll have a brief moments in time where you can have old code running with an old schema and new code that you're bringing up running with the new schema. Also, sometimes you need to roll back a broken upgrade and you can put yourself in this situation where your code just doesn't know how to use that new database. Or you might even have uh, a staging or a canary environment that you use to catch bugs, where, which is a, a common place in large deployments where you only move part of your code base into it and direct some traffic to it such that you can determine whether there's something wrong before migrating the rest of your system. The reality is you want to decouple schema migrations from code upgrades. There's a couple different recommendations that he gives us. Um, The main one being to perform a single migration without worries of parallelism by adding some, some type of locking. You can take your application and instead of performing the upgrade as the, as part of the application startup, You can have a separate command to do it, and you can put measures in place to lock the database during the upgrade so that the first system that gets into the database uh, prevents the others from trying to perform the same changes. There are tools that help you take care of that, and one of the recommended systems is called Flyway, available at flywaydb.org. This episode of Drag Set Pass is brought to you by us. Don't forget that we're not just a podcast, we also run a website at tryacceptpass.org where we bring you longer articles around real-world software and the everyday engineering decisions that we make in order to build it. We like to discuss the practicality of putting software concepts together and their implications, not just a theory or how to implement a specific trend. If this sounds interesting to you, feel free to stop by the website and sign up for our mailing list. But looking through this, Myself, I find that's a bit oriented towards Java users. Uh, so in principle, you can easily implement it ourselves in any language by using external systems like, say, Redis. If you want to uh, use Redis locks, that's uh, a successful implementation for this type of system I've done before. Or you can also use the database itself, just like Alembic works by adding an Alembic version table into your database. Uh, to keep track of a hash of the database schema, you can have a table that has you know one column in it saying that you're locking the database in order to perform an upgrade. This may be preferable at least to me because I think you'll have uh, better data when you're trying to perform debug and if everything died, you can realize that it died in the middle of a of an upgrade fairly easily. 
Um, I did mention Alembic. I didn't talk about that earlier. That's uh, uh, another system like Django ORM as well does the same things uh, with Python that keep track of your database schemas. Alembic works well with SQL Alchemy. Django ORM does the whole thing on it by itself. The other point to keep in mind is that you could, you should plan your deployments appropriately so you can run older code with new code. I've also done this successfully in the past. It's a bit of a mindset change. Uh, I find that sometimes it's hard to explain to people why this is preferable, and especially folks that are not technical, but it makes your development easier because you always have a smaller set of assumptions about the environment and where your code is running. So the idea is, for example, if you're changing a column type or renaming a column, instead of doing all of that in one migration, you do it in pieces. Say you, instead of making the change, you add a new column and you perform a database migration with it. Since your code isn't using this new column, there's nothing that's going to break. Then you upgrade your code and test it with the new column and stop using the old one. And once that upgrade is fully functional and tested and running in production, then you can separately perform a separate database migration that removes the old column that will no longer be used. At this point, all your data has transitioned over. You don't have to worry about complications uh, with your code being uh, or operating with two different schemas at the same time. This makes the changes additive and basically a non-issue. Always keep moving forward instead of having to go back in time that uh, avoid backing, backing out changes. Now, of course, this requires more work when you structure these migrations to be additive, but I think it pays off in the long run. Um, another point that uh, discussed in this piece is that you can do all of this with Docker fairly easily, especially if you have uh, already have separate scripts to perform your migrations, but you can easily add a, a bash script, for example, that serves as your Docker entry point, which will optionally perform the migration given an environment variable being set. By default, it doesn't do it, so you won't have the parallelism problem. And um, adding the environment variable is very easy if you're doing it from the CLI, but it also integrates very well with cloud services like AWS's Elastic Container Service. You can have a clone of your normal task that runs in your cluster that has the extra environment variable set. So when you're ready to perform an upgrade, you just run that task and wait for it to exit, and then your database is upgraded. And since your upgrades are additive, you're good to move on. Our author wants to remind us to always remember that development is not production. The configuration and usage patterns in development or in test that work well don't always transfer the same way to production. Sometimes it can cause more trouble. Personally, I suggest making development as close to production as possible, always, even if that means more work during development or testing. Having systems that operate in the same way that your users will be interacting with it is worthwhile in the long, ter in the long term. And also don't forget that upgrading a database or a code base, not just a database, and all of its dependencies should be part of your testing before releasing things to production. That's why canary deployments or staging environments where you can perform the integrated upgrades and testing are very useful. I find that you can flesh out 
a lot of bugs in those systems that you wouldn't have seen otherwise running in clean from scratch deployments. That's it for our talk today. Hopefully you'll consider this mindset of smaller incremental and additive steps when designing your next database or data services on your next project, as well as remember to think about the implications of parallel upgrades when writing your next code. Docker can help you manage these situations, but sometimes it can be the source of some of the problems or complications that you'll encounter. Thanks for listening to the Dragset Pass podcast. If you liked it, feel free to subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to visit dragsetpass.org for more articles around real-world software and sign up for our mailing list so you can stay informed. If you have an article that you'd like to see us discuss in the show, send us a tweet at dragsetpass. This is Christian Medina wishing you good times and good tinkering.